Welcome, friend. I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. As we introduce our New Beginnings chapter, I want us to look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is our verse of the month. And I want you to memorize this verse. You know, we've said often, when we go away in the fall, usually August or September, to pray over what God has for the coming year, and I am so excited about next year's theme and verses, but we say to Lord, you know what each month will hold. And we're asking you to guide the input of what we share every month. God knew that there would be many in this room that would need to hear today that even though it's the end of the year, God's mercies are new, and it's the beginning of a brand new day for you. Amen? You can smile, okay? Yeah, smile. Everybody smile. I wish the camera was looking at them because kind of just looking at me. God loves you. That's something to smile about. God loves me. That's something to smile about. And God loves people that are outside these doors. That's something to smile about. So let's read this verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We're going to look at the book of Luke in just a moment. But I want you to understand that we're talking about the beginning of a king. Interesting, though, he didn't just start on that day that he came to a manger. He has always been. He's the Alpha and Omega. He he was, he is, and he will be. Amen? So it is hard to wrap our mind around the fact that God sent his son, Jesus, to the earth as a baby, and we celebrate the birth of Christ But Jesus stood at the right hand of God the Father before he ever came to earth, knowing that he would be called the King of Kings. And yet he came. Even in the communion, we read that he knew he would be betrayed on the night he was betrayed. And yet he said, I want to break bread with you. I want to share with you what's happening. So when I think about this is where amazing happens. You see that word amazing? You see that? I want you to say, this is where Jesus happens. I want you to think about amazing as Jesus, God, Father God, Father Son, Father Holy Spirit. This is where God happens. This is where Jesus happens. That's what amazing is. So are you in a happy moment, celebrating and everything's wonderful? This is where amazing happens. Are you in a difficult circumstance? At work, or with your family, or with your life, or your physical body, this is where amazing happens. God is the healer. God is the restorer. This is where amazing happens. So let's think about this king who began his life. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Now, I want you to get it in your mind because next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, if you have children like 
13 and under, they're going to stay after to prepare this beautiful story of what we're going to read about for our Christmas musical on the 15th. Do we want our kids to know what Jesus did? Do we want them to celebrate the joy of Jesus? We want them to be there. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting could this be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This morning, I want to talk to you about Mary, and I want to talk to you about Jesus. I want to talk to you about the Christ of Christmas. I want you to see in this holy scripture, the real inspired word of God from heaven to us, What God is saying that was not just for Mary, it was also for me. It was also for you. So the first thing I want us to see in verse 28 is that you are highly favored. You are highly favored. How many of us have sat in our chair in the university at our place of employment, on the bus, and felt insignificant, felt like nobody cared about us, felt like we always get the bad luck. But what does God's word say? You are highly favored. Look at your neighbor and say, you are highly favored. You are. You are highly favored. You are not... Those negative thoughts. You see, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of all creation that hung the stars in the sky and keeps the ocean from the sand, that same God made you. And he said, you are highly favored. The word of God tells us a story, not just about what happened then, but what God wants to do now. 
In the verse it says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So a word from heaven came to encourage her. I know I don't look like an angel today, but maybe I'm a messenger of Jesus. I know I wore black, but um, I can imagine the angels all in white. Maybe they're all in gold and silver. I don't know what they're going to be wearing. Uh, But I'm telling you, I believe. I know that the Holy Spirit has been stirring this message in my heart for several weeks. That you're in this room today because God wanted you to know, first and foremost, you are not defeated. You are not the tail. You are not the victim. You are a victor. You serve a victory God, and you are highly favored. How many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you have ever had a shift at work or something where you thought it was going to go wrong, and it suddenly went right, and you were just amazed? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Look around. Look around. See, God is no respecter of persons. Yes, he does it. Because when you least expect it, the Holy Spirit works. And he is powerful. The second thing I want us to learn from Mary is that he said to her, do not be afraid. Now, I didn't put this in the middle, but verse 29 was when she said, when he said you're highly favored, it said Mary got like troubled. What does this mean? So I want to say to you, maybe you've been hearing this message of this is where amazing happens for many months. Maybe you've been feeling that tug of God upon your life, and you're like, what does this mean? I don't know what this means. I'm not sure I'm ready to jump in 110%. Listen, the angel's saying, don't be afraid. You have favor with God. There's that word again. You have faith. Don't be afraid. God is going to give you everything you need to do the job. I know the live stream audience is watching and I believe today you need to hear, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You have favor with God. We have prayed for sicknesses of people that have written in. We've prayed for that baby. We've prayed for that marriage. We've prayed for that tribe in India. Don't be afraid. You have favor with God. The angel said to her, Mary, you have found favor. You have found You have found. You see, this morning, you found your way to ICF Rome. But it wasn't just the International Christian Fellowship of Rome. It was the house of God. It was the family of God. You have found that place where God's favor can rest upon your life for your circumstances. The third thing we see, you know we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and the power of the Most High is upon you, the angel said. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High, say power. Power. Not weak, the power. The power of the Most High will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. There's a song that, that is sung around this time, and it says, Be Born in Me. It's a song from Mary about when she was saying, Okay, God, let, let, let it be born in me, whatever it is you're having me to do, as she was preparing to birth Jesus. But this morning, I want to say to all of us, I believe God is preparing each of us to birth something new 
in our lives. He wants to birth something new in you. The old is gone, our verse says. And behold, all things are made new. So if he's birthing something new in you, even at the end of one year, right before we go into the beginning of another year, you don't need to be afraid about that. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if it's a new mountain to climb, his favor will rest upon you. If it's a new valley to walk through, his favor will rest upon you. I had the most vivid dream two or three weeks ago, and I just kept saying, Lord, you know when I'm going to reveal it or what I'm supposed to do with it. And so I'm going to tell it to you now because he brought it to my memory. It was a glimpse, literally, like I could do a hole like that. I was in my bedroom, spending time with the Lord. That's where I have time with him sometimes. And I suddenly just like saw the sky and it was dark, but a window to heaven opened. It was a little small window like this. It was so vivid to me. And I saw the streets of gold. I saw gold and, but it wasn't solid, unmoving. It was liquid and it was flowing. And it was so bright that I could only see it for a minute. And then it kind of just went away. And I said, Lord, what was that? And I keep asking him, what was that? And I felt the Lord was saying to me that I have opened the windows of heaven and the gold streets are not hard gold that you think about. It is the refined, beautiful value of God that is flowing, not solid and doesn't move, but it's flowing. And he wants to pour it out upon us. So it was like this river of gold that I just wanted to stand under and say, God, let that anointing of favor, let the power of the Holy Spirit just fall on me and saturate me. So this morning... I want you to know that the power of the Most High, the Holy Spirit, wants to rest upon your life. But you have to want it. You have to open up your heart. You have to make a response. There was one more thing that the angel said to Mary in verse 37, and he said, no word of God will ever fail. No word of God will ever fail. So no matter what, no matter what, nevertheless, God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what the name of Jesus means. So God is with me because his word will not fail me. I can stand on his word. We may not have each other forever and ever and ever. Some people we have to launch and some people disappear and we're not sure where they went. And some people come in. But I will never have to worry that Jesus disappeared. Amen? He's as close as the mention of his name. And nothing he promised will ever fail me. He promised to be with me. He promised to give me a peace that passes understanding. He promised to give me a Holy Spirit that the Bible says in John is the spirit of truth. So when the enemy tries to remind you that you're not favored, this Holy Spirit that comes on you is there to remind you of the truth that God said the Holy Spirit is upon you and you are blessed and highly favored. 
You might not be able to have the fullness of that assurance from the Holy Spirit. If you have put up a wall and said, okay, God, I believe you, and Jesus, I believe you, but I'm not sure I want all that you have for me. Well, let's look at number five. What was Mary's response when all of this was said? In verse 38, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. What is your response this morning? What is the response when Mary is saying, I am the Lord's servant? Each of us, if we serve Jesus, you are the Lord's servant. You are blessed and highly favored. Your life matters. Don't let the holidays come and go and dwell on anything negative. That is the lie from the enemy. Let the Christ of Christmas give you more Christ. Christ must. More Christ than ever before. Celebrate the gifts that he's given. Celebrate the joy. Celebrate the love. You're in this room. You are loved. Look at somebody and say, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. If you look at me, I can tell you, you are loved. I, if I could make eye contact with each and every one of you, I would remind you that you are loved. And you, as the Lord's servants, we work together. So you're going to tell somebody you are loved when I can't reach them, when someone else can't reach them. Mary gave a response, I am the Lord's servant, which I can imagine she was having to sort of have a full surrender, right? Something was being birthed inside of her that she had no idea about. This morning, I want to read you something that I imagine Mary, if she wrote us a letter, might have said this. She looked at me and said, Mary, what a blessing to see you, my dear, that Elizabeth I had gone to visit. How ready I was to hear those words. I had traveled down with the caravan down to Judea. My father supplied me with a donkey. You can imagine Elizabeth's surprise when I arrived. She called me a blessing. What a change from what the people at home were saying about me. And you also, Elizabeth, Adonai, Shalom, blessings be yours and God's peace within your walls. Elizabeth couldn't wait to tell me her news. A woman at her age, barren for years, now pregnant in her sixth month. I'm glad it was Elizabeth and not me. I, I broke character, sorry. I'm back to Mary. She was surprised to hear that I already knew. Who would have thought that an angel could spread such wonderful gossip? I was surprised to hear that Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, had met Gabriel. I told her, Gabriel came to tell me that I am also to be a mother. Elizabeth, I am to bear the Messiah. If I could speak to people in the future, I would tell them, you're going to bear the Messiah to someone else. 
Then Elizabeth winced, and I came closely to support her. She said she just felt the strongest kick ever. And then something amazing happened. Elizabeth became filled with the Spirit of God. She said, Mary, my dear, you are blessed among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And I would say to those people that will come after me, blessed is the fruit of their lives. How fortunate I am to have the mother of the Lord come to me. The babe that kicks within me is leaping for joy to hear the voice. First, the angel called me blessed, and now Elizabeth, and even her unborn baby knew. Look at that beautiful smile on my friend's face. I remembered Gabriel's words, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Now, I can imagine that if Mary was standing here, and you know, I had my garment and everything, and I had a better memory, and I could have said it without reading it, that you must imagine Mary was a real person, but you also are a real person, and God is birthing something in you, and he is calling you blessed and highly favored, and he is saying, I have sent my Holy Spirit to empower you for this new season, this new beginning, for you to celebrate life, not to walk around in fear and despair. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. James, you are God's handiwork. And God created the good works. He's prepared them in advance. Even when you were going the other direction, God was preparing those things that you would do later. And now I declare, we declare, that your story and your testimony is going to bring light to people who have lived in darkness far too long. Because God has already prepared the way. That's for you too. That's for me too. I wake up every morning, honestly, Maybe I'm sort of saying, God, I really need your energy today. But I'm saying, God, I need new today. I need a new mentality today. I need a fresh word today. I want to be revived with a new touch from the Holy Spirit today. Say today. Today. OG. Today. Adesso. Now. Now. I want something new. That's the gift we're going to unwrap. Hebrews 10.39 says this. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Hebrews 10.39. You know why I can say you're blessed and highly favored? You know why I can say the Holy Spirit has come upon you? You know why I can look at you and see the testimony in the process? Because I declare Hebrews 10.39 over you, that we're not of those who shrink back. Oh, no, I'm not shrinking back. I'm not getting older, even though every year that somehow happens. I'm not of those that shrink back. And when you shrink back, the Bible says you're destroyed. But those who have faith and are saved... So I have faith. Can you go like that? Just like put your fingers together like that. 
That's like a little teeny tiny mustard seed of faith. And I guarantee that every single one of you have that because I know God put it in you when he made you. He said, oh, there's Veronica. I'm putting faith in her. <laughs> oh, there's Lucy. I'm putting faith, favor in her. There's Mary. There's Ernest. There's Richard. I'm putting faith in them. God gave you that faith. He gave you that faith so that you would use it, not lose it. But if you don't use it, you will lose it because the world wants you to be lukewarm and the world wants you to be dragged down and the enemy wants to destroy and detract from what God wants for your life. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be strong. So who is this Jesus that came to give us a new beginning? His mercies are new every morning. I want to tell you who Jesus is. I told you about Mary, but I want you to want Jesus. I want you to desire more of Jesus. He is Christ the Messiah, which indicates our relationship with him. It means I need a Messiah. I need a Savior. That's a relationship. He bears my sins, as we remembered this morning. He carries my burdens. I don't know about you, but there are times when I take my burdens in my hands and I put them at the foot of the cross or into Jesus' hands. You can put your burdens at the foot of the cross. You can hand your burdens to Jesus. He's real. And he doesn't want you to carry those burdens. He is Christ, the Son of God, which indicates his relationship with God the Father. His life is never finished. His life is eternal. Can you imagine that the anointing of the power of heaven is never ending? When you thought last week was amazing or you thought two weeks ago was amazing and you wake up today and there's more amazing coming, that is God never ending. That is Jesus never ending. I think it makes him sad. When his creation, you and I, get so worried and so despondent that we let that supersede our knowledge of who God is. I think he is up there saying, you know, he gave, the one thing he gave us that he won't take back is our ability to choose. Our God does not force us or mandate us. He says, choose you today. Choose you tomorrow. Choose you this day. But you have to choose to believe. You have to choose to declare. You have to choose to stand in joy even when you're surrounded by sadness. Now, yes, there are moments when we are surrounded by difficulty. But that, even in this story of Jesus coming to this earth, reminds us that God does not want us, any of us, to do life alone. You're in this house today, in this family today, because you don't want to do life alone. We care about you. We pray for you. We, we petition heaven on your behalf. I want you to look at that picture when Jesus came from heaven and the anointing fell down and some things were going to happen. He is God the Son. He's eternal. That means that when I accept Jesus, my story is ever ongoing the kids are going to sing a song about joy. And this is one of, their, one of their dance motions. And so you know what it means. It means the joy is bubbling over. 
I won't make you do that this morning, but I might make you do it on December 15th, okay? <laughs> I want you to remember that his joy should bubble over. It can. I, I'm living proof that joy can bubble over when you're sick, when someone you love is sick, when you've been betrayed, when you've been forgotten, when you've been uncertain. His joy can bubble over in every circumstance. He's faithful to his promise. He is the king seated on the throne. So I want you to think about these three things about this Christ of Christmas. First, I want you to think about his patterns. He chooses the unlikely to do the unexpected. Nobody, I mean, God didn't have to choose a girl to put his son in her womb, to come to this earth, to live and be betrayed, and then to die on a cross, a terrible, horrible death, and then be resurrected. God didn't have to do that. He didn't have to choose someone like Zacchaeus that we talked about in that tree that was so unexpected, and all the people murmured because Jesus chose Zacchaeus to fellowship with that day. So in case you're sitting here and you're thinking, Pastor Jen, you don't know my story. You don't know the complexities I face at work. You can't imagine how stressful my life is, was, has been, could be. I might not be able to, but guess what? My Jesus is king of kings, no matter the circumstances, no matter the stress. It is not a cop-out answer. It is a stand-on-this-rock-solid-foundation answer that Jesus is victorious. And when you least expect it, many of you raised your hands where you had a suddenly shift and God did something for you. He does that. These are the patterns of Jesus. So it, I encourage you to read your Bible about Jesus and say, what other patterns did he have in his life? But I would say they were guarded, guided by that. The second thing I want you to think about is the principles, the values that Jesus lived by. His father first and kingdom values always. I love you. I want to see you in heaven. But I also want you to live victorious, abundant lives while you're here. And I know that if you will put Father God first and kingdom values first, you will walk in joy, you will walk in blessing, you will walk in victory. You won't have a problem-free life because it rains on the just and the unjust, but there will be a difference in you. Many of you have shared with me that someone at work has come to you and said, how do you do this day with a smile on your face? Because of Jesus. Don't let them come to you and say, what is wrong? You're so downcast. I'm so sorry. Things are so bad. I'm not saying to wear a mask or be fake. But if I believe in Jesus and I have put the Father first, hear me. I am a little girl from Texas, Tennessee. I ride horses. I get dirty. I look funny when I wake up first thing in the morning. But I can tell you that when I walk in the authority and the anointing of the King of Kings, my life walks in victory. Amen? You can give God a praise for that one. You can give God a praise. I know that if I read the Word, I know if I spend time in prayer, I know if I share my faith, not my fears, 
with people around me. The Holy Spirit comes on me. And it's not my words. It's not my circumstance. It's me testifying about the goodness of Father God. That's what Jesus did through his whole life. Can you imagine that he, as a young boy, ran away from his parents to run into the temple and tell the scholars about his father? He wasn't scared to tell some grown-up preachers, some priests, about the real priest, the king of priests. Amen? And lastly, I want you to think about the practices of Jesus. He worked hard, he prayed often, and he lived in community. I believe in this day and age, I believe in this city, it is challenging to make decisions to intentionally live in community. I realize that sometimes you plan to go be with people and there's a strike and you can't get there. Or sometimes you thought you were going to walk and it rains so hard that the streets are flooded and you're not sure because you don't have your boat with you if you can get there. But when I follow God, when I put Father first, I don't let the enemy keep me from making those God-appointed connections. If my Jesus had to live in community... He chose to leave heaven where there was liquid streets of gold raining down to come and sit and be born in a stinky, splintery straw. I've been in the barn. It's not pleasant. He chose to come out of the glory of heaven and to become a man so that he would understand and could say, I've been touched with the feeling of your infirmities. I know what it is to not have a bed to sleep in. I know what it is to be rejected by those that are supposed to love me and stand with me. I know what it is to see someone I love die. But I also know Father first. And I will live in community. And I will get in there. And I will pray often. And I will say, as he said before he went to the cross, not my will, but your will. And as he hung on the cross, he said, Father, into, my, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Into your hands. Are you willing to say that this morning? Into your hands. I want the end of 2019 to be the most amazing love-filled month for you. But you're going to have to do it because many of us are going to be away from those we love and care about. You need to know you're not away from Jesus. He is right there. You're not away from this community, family of God. We've got activities planned. This is a place of community. You've got to put Jesus first. I want you to think about the practices and the patterns of Jesus. He sleeps in the storm. And you know what that means? He knew it was going to be okay. He knew it was going to be okay. And you know what else that means? If I have Jesus in me, I can sleep in the storm. I don't need to go to bed worrying about it. Because if he sleeps in the storm, and the Bible says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and I've got a storm of problems swirling around me, I can lay my head on the bed at night and say, thank you, Jesus. You're taking care of my grandbabies. You're taking care of the sickness problem. 
You're taking care of our family. Thank you, Jesus. And when I wake up, I can say, yes, Lord, you're taking care of it. He retreats before the persecution. Many of us in our flesh, we advance during persecution, right? We try to declare and fight back and bring all this drama. And I don't know why I'm saying that because maybe you're in this place and you've had drama in your life. But think about the patterns of Jesus. He did not advance into that persecution with an antagonistic spirit. He knew who he was. He knew the mission that God had given him. And at the height of that persecution, he retreated to a place of prayer with a few disciples and asked them to pray with him. And unfortunately, not all of them could stay awake. Some of them fell asleep. I don't want to be caught sleeping when Jesus needs me. I know he gives us sweet sleep, peaceful sleep. But when he wakes me up so I can see a glimpse of heaven like I did the other night, I wanted to just stay awake for like hours and hours and hours. I just wanted to keep looking at it. Lord, I just can't imagine. And you know what I felt like the Lord was saying to me? Do you live like you just want to be with me? Every day, every second, he gives us a glimpse of the glory and the gold of heaven so that we will live our life and make choices every day, every hour that will affect not only our eternity, but the eternity of those that are watching us. Not only our eternity, but the eternity of those that are watching us. So the next time you're tempted to scream out in the storm and say, I have every right, I'm justified. Remember what Jesus did. And do what I've literally done symbolically, but also to myself. Just, that's like a zipper closing your mouth. Just, <laughs> it, okay? Because if I can't say something good... I don't need to say anything at all, my mama used to tell me, and my grandma used to tell me. And then I wait for a minute, and I begin to meditate. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the same is in me. And God, forgive me. Forgive me for doubting you. Forgive me for being angry with you. Forgive me for questioning you. Help me to trust you, even as Jesus did. He forgives the betrayer. We didn't have much relationship with Judas after that forgiveness. So I will tell you that there are not always times when you reconcile, when you reconnect. That doesn't always happen. But when you forgive, you release the pain. When you forgive, you, you bless and release, you let it go. You might need to forgive God this morning because maybe you've been holding God responsible for the choices others have made against you. Don't hold God responsible. He's responsible for good and amazing. This is where amazing happens. But you have to follow his patterns. You have to follow his principles. You have to follow his practices. Forgive and release. He washed dirty feet. If you're a mama, maybe some dads. I know a few women went with me to Vienna, so maybe some dads last weekend had to wash some dirty feet. Um, but... Have you ever really had to wash dirty feet? I mean, have you ever, let's, let me ask this question. We're in Rome, Italy, for those that are on camera, and I would like to know how many of you think that you have ever walked at least five miles in a day in this city? Raise your hand. Five miles in a day in this city. You're kidding me. None of you have walked that far? Oh 
my gosh. Okay, how many of you have walked two miles a day, kilometers, whatever? Wow. How many of you have ever walked eight miles a day in this city? Woohoo! How about ten? Come on, you guys got to get walking. Listen, I know because I've traced all over this city. If you're at the end of that day, you got some stinky feet, you got some sweaty feet, you might have some blisters, and we got socks and shoes on, most of us. Jesus washed the disciples' dirty feet when they had walked on these cobblestones or some like it. He washed their feet. He was a servant. He didn't wash clean feet. He washed dirty feet. What does that mean, Pastor Jen? To me, it means that sometimes life is dirty and messy. And sometimes the people that I love and care about or will love or will care about can get dirty and messy. And I want to run away from that dirty mess and have everything be clean and organized. And Jesus is saying, I wash dirty feet. Surely you can handle this. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He loved the rejected and despised. He loved them. He loved them. Pastor Rick has talked to us about compassion for the lost. At our mission Sunday, to have compassion for the lost. Have you ever wept for someone who does not know Jesus? That's a, that's a difficult question. But I'm asking you this morning, have you wept for someone who has been despised and rejected and they don't know Jesus? I've wept. I've wept for many of you that I didn't know before I ever came to Rome six or seven years ago. I wept and said, God, there are people that I know you're sending me to love on that have felt despised and rejected. I didn't know we would have an online campus of people that would write us every week, but I'm telling you, I've wept for your prayer request. I've celebrated when you've written to me and said, the baby is better, keep praying. But I'm asking you, this Christ of Christmas is real. He's powerful. He wants us to love those who are despised and rejected. He serves with compassion. I love to decorate, and I've had a lot of helpers that got things ready and put things in motion, but there's a whole much more pretty decorations that are going to go up. But I want you to come and serve, not just to help with decorations, because I feel like, for me, it's like I'm preparing a table, literally, for someone to sit at, that they're going to have fellowship and break bread with the lover of Jesus, with the Christ of Christmas. What if Jesus was at that very table? And guess what? He will be because I'm bringing him. And all my ladies that are here that have Jesus, you're bringing him, right? So we should come. And men, if you're going to fellowship at the men's party on December 14th, I want you to come and celebrate with compassion and love for one another. Be there. Be strong. Be full of faith. Here's something else about Jesus. He knew the new is coming. Jesus knew the new is coming. If he didn't, he might have not gone into the Garden of Gethsemane. He might not have gone 
to that cross. But he knew the new is coming. Luke 2.10 says, the angel said to them, them, say them. Say, that's me. Them, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I bring you good news today. That thing that you're worried about going home to or going back to or being away from, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Uh, one of my friends is not here today, but I want, and I, at some point, my friend will give a testimony, but it was such a powerful thing to hear this testimony from a friend who said, Pastor Jen, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I realize the good news is in my life, and I don't feel sad anymore. These are happy tears. I have great joy. Great joy. Yes. You can have great joy. Give God a hand for great joy. I know it's sitting on you and you're thinking about it. You'll watch it later maybe or share it with a friend. Good news. Great joy. Jesus has come and he is the king of kings. Our annual verse says this. Put up that amazing slide for me. Joshua 3, 5. Joshua told the people, this is where amazing happens, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Do you have that slide? Thank you. Joshua told the people, you see it? It's right here. It's right there for the camera. You see that? It actually has a double rainbow in the picture. But if you notice, it's very stormy in the picture. Because it's a thing to remember no matter the temperature, no matter the weather. This is where amazing, and who is amazing? Jesus. Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So our verse for the year, if you haven't memorized it, you got three weeks left. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. We have to do our part. Joshua said, consecrate yourself. Jesus had to come to earth. He had to go to his, he had to consecrate himself. He's not asking us to do anything that he didn't already do. And finally, 2 Corinthians 5.17, just in case you missed it earlier in the service. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Why is it important to know where the verse is written? Because there will come a time when you need to remember what God said to you. And this, when we hold this up, this is our Bible on the on the iPad or on your phone, but I have my real Bible that's really big and heavy and has lots of note pages. There are times when I want to run back to that. I want to see that verse that I highlighted. I want to look at that page that I wrote things in the side columns on. And I want to remember, I know I was in Rome, Italy, and the Lord said, the old is gone. Say, the old is gone. The old is gone and the new is here. This is a new day for us, church. It's a new season for us, family. Yeah. 
It's a new season for us, ladies. It's a new opportunity for you men. This old is gone. Whatever has been between you and yourself, and just so you know, it was with God too, because he knows all the ways of our lives. You don't keep secrets from God. You can keep, keep him like this. You know, I was thinking about, sometimes people say, oh yeah, I believe in God. You can believe in God and not serve him. Oh, I believe in Jesus. You can believe in Jesus and not serve him. I believe in the Holy Spirit. You can believe in the Holy Spirit and not receive the power and the fullness of what he has. This morning, I'm asking you to do something more than believe this year. I'm asking you to do as Joshua said, consecrate yourselves. We are going to pray at this altar in just a couple minutes as the worship team comes. And I want you to begin to consecrate yourself, to say, Holy Spirit, as Mary did, Lord, I'm your servant. Whatever you want to do in my life. Can you imagine men in the room? Listen to me. I'm married to a very strong, who's probably watching, amazing, wonderful, strong Italian from Abruzzese, Abruzzo, who is sure of who Jesus is, who is sure of who Christ is. And I'm thankful for that man of God in my life. But I also know that there are people that I have loved and cared about that stopped being sure of who Jesus was. We don't know. None of us is promised tomorrow. So men, I am asking you, I had three daughters. I, I bore three daughters. Now I have three grandsons. Actually, I have another grandson on the way. Woohoo! This is where amazing happens. I want those young men, I want them to grow up to be strong men of God. We need each other. But I'm asking you men to rise up. Follow the ways of our men's ministry and get involved. Get plugged in. Live for Jesus. Don't listen to the pull of the world. Because God wants to do something amazing in your life. And it really is a tug of war. It really is a tug of war. You can imagine if this is the wall. And God is saying, I want to move that wall to give you immediate access. Immediate access. Some of you have probably those access passes to get anywhere you want in your office building. This is, this is even bigger than that. You also have to have that, all that written permission and all this access to get to the top, right? And only a few people get that. Jesus isn't like that. Jesus said, I came. I came as a baby. I came to a young girl who said, I will be your servant. So women in the room, I'm asking you, will you be, yes, we have, we're women, we like to roar and we like to be strong. And yes, I like to be strong, but I want to be a servant. I want my heart to be tender before Jesus. The world and this life would like to make me hard and callous so that I feel the pain intensely. I feel rejection intensely, but because I've guarded and been wounded, I feel love and peace with reserve. I believe that's a prophetic word for someone in this room this morning. You've been holding up a wall and you feel the love, you feel the pain and the heart and the rejection really intensely. 
And you wonder why you can't feel the love and the acceptance, but it's because you've put up a wall. And you're afraid if you let down the wall, you won't feel like you think you want to feel. But guess what? Jesus said, I came to be a propitiation for your sin, for the sin of others against you. It's done in Jesus' name. The old is gone. Amen? The old is gone. The new has come. So when you allow the Holy Spirit to break down that wall, He changes everything. I can tell you. He heals everything. And when something tries to bubble back up, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the joy bubbles over to that point where I say, God, could I just have a glimpse of you right now so I know you're with me? And He suddenly, to my amazement, opens a window and I see the liquid gold of heaven that makes me just say, God, you're going to rain down on us. You're going to heal us. I want you to stand all over this room with me, if you will. Today, you've heard a word from the Lord, and I believe God has spoken to you. So if you say this prayer with me, I know God can change your life. They're saying it live here in Rome right now with me because God can change your life. God has a plan for you. I've told you that. And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me. I pray, oh God, I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm going to pray a second prayer, and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. God, you're a big God, and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life, and I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you and join us next week.